friends. This is Vicki. Hi, I'm Lynn. And guess what we're going to do today? We're going to tell on ourselves. Yes. And we're going to tell on ourselves with somebody else. We have a friend that wants to volunteered. We voluntold, volunteered, you know, shamizzle, shamazzle. Hi. Hi, everybody. My name is Ken and I was told to volunteer. And so I did. Yes. And he is a wonderful man. Who is this wonderful man? He's my boyfriend. That's right. He is. He's a good guy. Also known as the luckiest man in the world. Oh, yeah. He is. And I, I was talking to my sister recently and extolling all the virtues of Ken. And she said, can we clone him? And I said, if only. God doesn't allow that, apparently. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but here's the good news. It's not all about how great Ken is right now. Ken gets to share his first thought wrong. Because he's not always perfect. No. Huh. They didn't even give me warning until like five minutes before, after they had already convinced me to record, they said, and you can share the first thought wrong, which, of course, I have one. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and he intimated that I was standing up on a moral hilltop judging people, and that really hurt my feelings. So I immediately got up on my moral hilltop and started judging him, and it twisted me up for most of the day, and then I thought... The things that I do that I don't like and cause other people pain, sometimes God's other children also do to me. And so now I have a good feeling of what that feels like, and I can do an ego check and uh, stay more grounded in the future. You know, it's interesting um, when you're talking about the ego check because it slips in. It slips in when we're not even really uh, aware of it. And we can find ourselves that great saying of you spot it if you got it. Uh, we're helping Ken adjust his microphone. Now, you know, these novices, you got to like hold their hand through the whole freaking step, yeah, step by yeah. step by step because, you know, <laughs> we've been around the block a few times. But <laughs> yeah, Ken, back to the ego. You said it twisted you up for almost a whole day. Yeah, it hurt my feelings. And my feelings were were hurt. And, yeah. and I don't do that. Well, of course I do sometimes. And I do it when I'm not really noticing either. And sometimes also I'm a little bit loud and I'm a little bit jokey. And so sometimes if I don't gauge somebody's mood correctly, I can say something that I think is totally innocent. But where they're at that day, mm-hmm. uh, it can be taken wrong. So I need to be a little bit more careful of how I'm interacting with the people around me. Not what my intentions are, but how it's actually affecting them. Right. Read the room. Yep. I need to learn to read the room. Because I have found often, um, because I'm pretty direct, straightforward, and sometimes my jokes can have barbs that are not intended. And the last thing that I ever, ever want to do is hurt someone because that's not what I'm about at all. Um, even though I might be real honest with you, I never, ever want to be hurtful just to be hurtful. And that's been like a big check-in for me um, to 
be more aware of my audience, you know, and it, it could just be on that day. Like one day I say something to Vicky and it's fine. And I say the exact same thing a few days later. And, and, but she's really good about saying that kind of hurt me or I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive today. That's I think a thing that she says a lot. I'm feeling kind of sensitive today. So I realized that I need to back it up a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I've learned through lots of pain <laughs> that I get to share with other people where I'm at because otherwise I take things super personally. Exactly. And, and we all have our days, you know, and sometimes you can't change that. But what we can do is we can let people know, today I'm a little sensitive, so what might have been funny two days ago now just makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've learned a lot of lessons from you uh, about that. Well, speaking clearly <laughs> has been a huge thing with my relationship with Ken because before I didn't used to do that and I would get myself into situations where I would be irritated underneath and that doesn't really happen with us because I say, oh, I need my space or, oh, you know, are you okay with this or what would support you or, you know, I ask very direct questions about that kind of stuff so I don't get caught up in that loop Mm -hmm. in my head. Because those loops in our head can be a very scary place to live. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because we are finishing up the third part of the 12th step and it is practicing these principles in all of our affairs. And that's exactly what we've been talking about. Ken talking about your ego, Vicki talking about taking things personally, me about being aware of um, things that I say, how they might be taken as opposed to how I meant them to be. And I try to practice these principles in all my affairs every day. Yeah. Which is really important. I did uh, pick up a little bit of um, literature online talking about this, and it says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Uh, We suggested to adhere to coincide with the, the principles of hope, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, love, discipline, patience, awareness, and service. Those are all the principles. Try to practice those every day in all your affairs. Yeah, I I have like a situation that happened on Thanksgiving that was not practicing those principles. And what's interesting is most of the day I was practicing it, even with my kids. So I was being very helpful because... What happens is my dad gets all worked up when he has to do so much work and he wants it done a certain way. So what I did was I just kind of made sure I was being helpful and I really was doing it unselfishly. And then towards the end of the day, I mean, it was probably the last hour, half hour of cleaning and I made a comment and I made a comment to my brother and I said, oh, well, Jerry could do it because he hasn't done anything all day. And what the heck? What the heck? I was yeah. doing so good. I, I really was doing good. And then that last little bit there, I fell off my principles. So mm-hmm. today I'm going to see him and I get to make an amends with him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to make sure that when I'm internally upset, I'm not taking it out on innocent people too. So I had a situation a couple of months ago where I had... Uh, quit my job and I was on Cobra insurance and I went around with the Cobra people and the insurance company at least four times and I could never get my insurance reinstated and I'm paying for it the whole time and I have no insurance. So I'm on the phone with one of the the Cobra people and they're saying, you just have to submit this paperwork and 
and it'll go through and you'll be able to see it by the end of the week. And then I'm in the phone with the insurance people and it's not showing up and you have to wait two weeks. And so then I wait two weeks and then I go through it again and I go through it again and I go through it again. I don't know if you anybody's ever had to deal with insurance or COBRA, but it can be extraordinarily frustrating and it's not a smooth process. So finally, I had to be very firm with people. I need I need to document everything. I need to know your name. I need, I'm need. i going to document the time of the call. I'm going to call this other person. Can we get on a conference call? Anyway, I would get off of these hour-long marathons where nothing is getting done, and then I'm going to go to the store, or then I'm going to go <laughs> interact you know, talk, with human in, beings. Interact with human <laughs> beings. And I'm very, you know, I'm... I'm Upset, fired up, and I need to watch myself. That and uh, the people that I talked to on the phone didn't necessarily cause all these problems either. So I have to be polite, polite to the people on the phone. But then when I go interact with people in general society, Mm -hmm. I have to watch myself and 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 maintain my calm and and my courtesy and my politeness. Sometimes it's really hard. I can tell you that doing uh, this principle that you're talking about, being kind to others, uh, when I was out there, I was such a people pleaser, but the people that I could be mean to were the people in customer service. And I used to have a hankering, you know, if I was calling about my cable or if I was calling about my thing, I would be... I mean, it wasn't a conscious thing, but I would be rotten to them. And then by the end of the conversation, I would realize, and I said, okay, I know this isn't your fault, blah, blah, blah. But now when I'm like one of my living amends, because one of the things we talk about in the program is living amends, right? One of my living amends is I'm super nice to service people everywhere Mm -hmm. because I didn't do that in person. I didn't do that with other people, but man, oh man, I would let it rip when I was on the phone with customer service. Here's the interesting thing that I heard when you said that you, you found that outlet to get some of that ugly out that you needed to, but you weren't even aware that that hankering that you had to talk to a customer service to let loose on them, you weren't even aware of it because it was buried down. And and that's what I think is interesting is that that pain that we have, that it's like water. It'll find its crack in, Ooh, in yeah. the foundation and it'll find its way out. You found yours with poor customer service, poor, poor cable people. <laughs> I can only imagine. But it's interesting. And then when we start working the program, working the steps, uh, practicing these principles, we see those cracks and you see the stuff wanting to ooze, but then you also, I, I feel like I'm able to recognize what's going on there, that it's not about that person or that situation that I'm mad about. I'm all knotted up about something else, and then I get the opportunity, I get the chance to figure out what I'm knotted up about. Well, and here's the difference between then and now. All our affairs, right? Mm-hmm. All our affairs. And it's that is not always easy. And I will tell you that one of the best steps that precedes this is step 10 when you get to make amends. Because I kind of did the exact same thing with my brother the other day, right? And so before, I wouldn't have even noticed I did that. I would have thought I was like funny for making that joke. And and we were driving yesterday. I said, man, I think I got to make an amends to my brother, right? That wouldn't have even been on my radar before I got sober and started doing this stuff. So it is really a wonderful thing that the steps that precede this step teach you how to do this. 
Isn't it cool how it all kind of just works the way it's supposed to? It's like you can't do four before you do three. Can't do three before you do two. Um, God, somebody was real smart about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to be especially careful when I feel I'm in the right because... I when I feel right, they should have been acting that way. I think they should have been acting, so I can just say whatever I want to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very dangerous place for me to be. Humility, yeah, gotta find it. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. it's no joke doing this work. I mean, it's so funny how it is work. It is a program. You, when you come in, you hear them say, "Oh, that person works a good program," right? And what what that what that translates to is that person lives these principles in their lives. Yep. Right? And that's who you wanna be with. And also what's wonderful about having friends that are living the same way is they can communicate with you about it in a way that isn't so painful or and you can communicate back, like the example you gave where I said, Ooh, I'm kinda sensitive today. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you notice it, and you realize, oh, maybe I'm acting in a way. You, you know, we get to check our, each other and check ourselves, and be a better version of who we might have shown up as when we were drinking. At least I know I do. It, I think it's an, really there was a lot of important things that you said there. One of them was we get to practice with the people that are also in the program, and what that does for me is that gives me practice. So when I'm out in the world with everybody else, and it's people that are still sick and suffering, people that are just mad that day. I don't know, nor is it my business what's going on with them. My business is how I interact with that, and when I have that experience and I have that, um, I have a little bit more confidence to set my boundaries, to speak my truth, do it in a kind and loving way, that makes me navigating regular world so much easier. And I would never have been able to do that maybe as quickly, maybe as cleanly as I do because of the work that I've done in the program. Um, It's just such a gift to be able to take a step out into the big bad world and go, today I'm entering this day with love and light, compassion, kindness, humility, courage, all those things, and you you get to do it. It really does work. It's it's not just a, a fake facade, which is how I lived my life before. Everything people saw was not real. Oh, big time. Yeah. Developing restraint of tongue and pen has been super important, too, because, mm-hmm. no, first thought wrong. Apparently, I have a lot of first thoughts that pop into my head, and it has a lot to do with my internal weather, not what's going on in the outside world. So when I do get upset, I try to take that pause check what's going on with me and then I can still interact with other people in a in a better way. Right. Or I just leave. Right? Or I need to eliminate myself from the situation because I know I have something to work through. That's something I've been really conscious of, especially in early recovery. I have a lot more practice with it these days, but in early recovery, man, I would just leave. Yeah. Well, and this is something Vicky's good at is, uh, can you give me a few minutes before we discuss this? I need a I need a little pause here. Mm-hmm. So, let we'll we'll discuss this, but let's wait a little bit. 
Well, I have found, and I think a lot of it was Vicky's example and listening to you two talk and then talking to Vicky as well, that helps me a lot at work because there's one person in particular, we're very high energy, passionate about a few things, so it quickly can escalate. And there's been many times, especially in like in the last six months where I've said, we're both feeling very strongly about this right now and we just need to take a break and I'll, we'll come back and talk about this later. And then once you diffuse that, there's no blame, there's no finger pointing, it's just we need to let, can we come back to this for, that's all you need to say. You don't have to give an explanation. You don't have to defend it. You just have to say, let's take a break and come back and talk about it when we're both a little more calm. And it's like, well, it's a miracle. Well, you know, what you're saying is that you're passionate and they're passionate. And one of the things that I've learned is that it doesn't matter what my intentions are, because I used to hide behind good intentions before, right? Mm-hmm. So even in my intentions, when I do and when I am able to pause, because that is not always the case, when I am able to pause, I can see where I'm coming from. And if it is coming from a honest place or if it is coming from, you know, the two, the two principles that I say I need to use the most or I find myself, if I use these two, I think the rest of them, tend to fall in place, and it's honesty and discipline. Mm -hmm. And those two words were zero in the way I lived before I got sober. So to me, those are the two biggest gifts about this program. Definitely honesty. And I've said this on and on again. I think it is the biggest gift that I have been given is to live an honest life every day. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't express it. Um any better than that's just that is the biggest gift to me that I I, when I'm honest with myself and with the rest of the world all the other stuff works out and taking that pause Mm -hmm. if you don't know right so being able to realize uh, I know nothing good is going to come out of my mouth right now I don't know what what I feel I'm having feelings didn't you say that one guy told you not to trust your feelings uh, yeah, he said not, don't base your decisions on your feelings because your feelings are going to change from moment to moment, day to day. So if you have a course of action, which for in my case in my early sobriety is these are the meetings I'm going to go to, these are the commitments I'm going to make, well, I'd get off work, I'd feel tired, I'd feel mm-hmm. happy, I'd feel sad, I'd feel like drinking, I'd feel great, I'd feel, you know, however I felt that day. It's like don't base your decisions on your feelings, make a commitment follow through on it, and then as you take these actions, uh, your feelings will start to change over time. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't base all my decisions on my feelings. Right. Because feelings aren't facts. Nope. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> they're just a feeling, and it's going to go away. And they're great indicators, though. Mm-hmm. So they're indicators of a lot of things. So like when your body it has an infection... You need to look and see what's going on underneath the hood, right? When you're, I mean, when you're mental, when you're feeling uncomfortable, there's something going on in your mind, in your heart, in your spiritual. So they tell us things. Before, I used to just spit them out or, or, you know, react in a negative way. I was kind of doing that this morning with with a text message stream. You know, I was... I was telling Lynn, I meditated, and it seems like every time I meditate, I'm more crabby. Like, 
I, I, I don't have as much. And she's like, well, stuff is probably coming up. And I'm, I'm, I don't know what came up. I felt fine after I meditated. And then this one thing triggered me mm-hmm. in a text and I just blap, blap, blap. So it's really interesting how your feelings get, if you're willing to look at them, and sometimes I am not, mm-hmm. but if you are willing to look at them, you can, you can really find out some things. And sometimes you just don't feel good. Right. And I think the other thing that I learned through this is to give myself grace. Um, Kim, when you were talking about when you first get the program and, and you have feelings, but you don't act on those feelings, like just going to the liquor store instead of going to a meeting or you know, not talking as kindly to a person as you feel like you probably could have, we have to learn that and we learn it by practicing. You practice it by examples. You practice it by believing that other people believe in you. You know, all those things that we just learn and it just takes time. And part of that for me anyway was um, rebuilding my self-confidence and my self-esteem because I had zero. I would pretend like I had all kinds of confidence. I pretended like I could tear down, you know, any wall and conquer anything. But inside the the Lynn inside was completely terrified of failure uh, she was terrified of being alone. She was terrified of not being loved. And when I was able to get through all those things and start trusting again and learning, and I did it through practicing, that's when I figured out you know, how simple it is to practice these principles in all of my affairs every day because suddenly it didn't feel right when I didn't. And Vicki said this before when she, you know gossip used to be a thing, and it was certainly a thing for me because you kind of get like a high from it. You get this rush because you're scooping you know, some information, some news that somebody else doesn't have, and you do get the dopamine centers are getting, you know, they're getting tapped. And when we start practicing these principles, suddenly that didn't feel right with me anymore. It, it left me very uncomfortable. Uh, Vicky would always say she'd feel kind of itchy. I would just have like the icky feeling. Now, instead of ignoring those icky feelings, I actually listen to them and then I examine them and go, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? What am I not being true to? Yeah. I think this ties into the honesty you were talking about earlier too because I used to try to build up this facade so that you would see me in a certain manner and mm. I am never going to admit that I don't know how to make a chocolate cake. Even if I have no idea how to do it, I'm never going to admit it. And then I can feel resentful that you know how to do it and I can feel bad about myself that I don't know how to do it. And if I'm just honest about it, I could actually... Ask for. I could actually ask for help. I could actually practice a skill that I would want to learn and maybe not be good at it to start with and tell people, well, I'm just learning how to do this and I'm going to do better. And when I started taking that tact in life, not I have to live up to some expectation that you have of me or that what I want you to think of me, I can just be who I am and I may have to work on some things, and I may have to ask for help, and I may be able to give help to other people, have honest interactions with them, then life became much easier. And my relations with people became much better. Yeah. Well, that's the humility piece, right? I remember reading in the 12 and 12 about humility, and it said something like, you're neither better or worse than anyone else. And and that is so powerful because I think... Sometimes for me, it was the opposite. You know, I would go for I was worse than everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, when I realized that that was not being humble, you, we manipulate our own minds. And that's what I heard you saying. When you don't do that, there's not that manipulation constantly with others, with yourself, with the world around you, with work, with the Cobra people, with the, you know, there's, 
it just is so much less messy. Yep. It's, it's easier. I mean, you really can just lay back and relax and just let, let things, let life happen. And the way I do that is I just try to do the next right thing, do what I know is right in my heart and, um, let things play out the way they're supposed to. Cause I don't need to be in there sticking my hands in it. Because it's just going to make it worse. It's going to make it messy. It's going to make it muddy. It's going to make the cake fall. You know, I'm not going to make it any better. <laughs> so, Ken, how long have you been sober? 27 years. Okay. What? So, what? When did you feel like you started to do these things more naturally? Like, what, what was your journey? Because you were talking about in the beginning what it was like. When did it start becoming different? It started happening long before I felt it. So even early in my sobriety, four or five months in, people were telling me I was acting differently. Now, my behavior was pretty bad before that, so I was jumping over a low bar. Uh, But people started seeing the changes before I really felt anything. And that was one of the things that my sponsor had encouraged, take the action and and things will change. Uh, you, you're not going to think your way into right action. You can act your way into right thinking. So people started noticing the change before I felt it. It was probably before it really got ingrained three or four years into my sobriety, probably four years into my sobriety, where it started becoming more natural that I was interacting with people on a where I was noticing them more and not basing everything on what my intentions were. Mm-hmm. But there were light bulbs that came on a number of times through the years where I was interacting with somebody and they took something I thought that I had said in an innocent manner completely the wrong way. And it's like, I have to watch myself when I say these things. They don't know what I'm thinking and feeling. They're just basing it on what I say and how I'm acting. And they're coming from a different place than I am. Yeah, that different lens that we each have. Mm-hmm. From life. Yeah, our experience will certainly skew. My experience skews how I hear it. The way it comes out of your mouth and what you're intending is not the way I'm going to hear it because I'm, I've got a whole different way of, of interpreting. It's like, it's like, I like to think of, you know, the headphones that they wear at the UN, the interpreters. That's what I think of. It's like I have my headphones with my interpretation that's my life. Ooh, that's a good one. Isn't it? Yeah. Just came up with it. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's really good because I never thought of it that way. And that helps you with the pause, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. helps with the pause because you hear things, you take it in. And you know, now that you say that, I think about improv. When we were in improv, if you just reacted with what you thought the scene called for rather than what the person said right in front of you, you were sometimes ruining the scene. Yeah, because you were trying to control it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I just figured that out. It's like, yeah, you're, you have your vision of what you want the scene to look like mm-hmm. instead of being in the moment and actually just playing out. Oh, that's really cool. Well, and that's kind of along the lines of what you were talking about and, that, and the next right thing. You hear that a lot in the rooms. And the next right thing, I remember when it first started working in my life was when I was at work. Mm-hmm. And because there wasn't a lot of variables it was simply just, what's the next person I'm supposed to call? What's the next thing I'm supposed to document? What's the next thing I'm... You know, there was, there was a very clear, uh, clear next step. 
I think when it, you get people involved and when you get your feelings involved and when you get life involved, that shifts. Mm-hmm. And changing that is really a part that is that is the hardest, right? Yeah. And judging other people's life experiences is impossible. Uh, for instance, my grandmother got bit in the face when she was a little girl by a dog, and she was afraid of every dog. And Vicky has this wonderful dog, Frodo, who's nine pounds, and he's the sweetest, most <laughs> loving dog in the world. My grandfather, my grandmother would have been terrified of Frodo. She was afraid of all dogs because of her life experience as a young child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's, you know, what has led people to uh, have their certain feelings and reactions in certain situations. So I just need to work on being more cognizant of that. Sure, because what I would have done before is to your grandmother, it is a tiny dog. How in the world could you possibly be afraid of that? And that's a dismissive. That's, you know, that's negating everything that they believe in. And that's, <laughs> that is not my job is to, to invalidate someone else's experience. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. Well, how about any golden nuggets? Do we, either of you have any golden nuggets? I, I think, know mine. Yeah. Um, I think earlier when I was talking about how when we have the ick inside of us and we're looking for a space to get it out, it is like water looking for that one crack in the foundation. Because, mm-hmm. And I have a very... Um, uh, a profound example because we had this flood at work this week um, on last Sunday night and a pipe burst and it kind of destroyed a building. Like literally the third floor looks like a war zone. A lady's uh, ceiling collapsed. It flooded downstairs. It's been a freaking nightmare. And we were laughing about all the places that it's actually popped up. And it's like, how did it get there? Because water always finds the crack. Always. Mm, that's, and that's how yeah. I feel about when I've got some stuff going on that I'm either not dealing with or some of my ick, it will always find the crack and get out. Mm-hmm. Mm. How about you? Uh, I think the golden nugget for me is not invalidating other people's experiences. They have them. They're honest. They're other people's experiences. And I want to be respectful of that. Yeah. Mine's definitely the earphones, <laughs> the interpretation. Going We're all in the, the UN, ear. y'all. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow. Well, go figure. <laughs> well, everyone, we are so grateful you're here. We are going to be signing off. We are, and you know, it is Thanksgiving weekend, and I would like to say how thankful I am for Vicky. Aw, well, I'm thankful for you too, my love. She's my shining light, and I am very thankful for her sweet BF Ken too, because he really has been such a welcome and just joyful addition to my my group of people in my yeah. life. So yeah. thank you, Ken. Yeah, you're all you're right, welcome. and I love your flat pancakes. Oh. You're welcome for those, too. This is my favorite podcast ever in life, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm so nervous, too. It's like these fantastic podcasters, and now I'm on here, too. Well, what's funny about this is that we did record an episode before we stopped recording with Ken a long, long time ago, and we never aired it. And it was funny because I didn't say he was my boyfriend, so it was really kind of weird, and I think there was this block that I was being unauthentic or something. And one of the things about this podcast is it's called telling on ourselves. So being authentic is super important right. to me, showing up and being real. So I'm glad this is the this is the inaugural episode where you 
share your wisdom because you, you've got a lot of it and I'm not going to let your head get too big, but no. you are a very wise one. You are a very wise one. And I do like to seek your counsel from time to time because not only um, do I feel like you have a lot of experience, obviously, um, there's just some levity, like you really can help with just keeping perspective you know, keeping keeping things in check. Well, that's because he makes up raps all the time. <laughs> I was worried he just wanted me for my first thought wrong. <laughs> Apparently, I still have those. Oh, it's a good thing. Well, listen, I wanted to share one thing. I have a retreat, a destination retreat coming up in Jamaica in May of 2023. And I am gifting any of our listeners that decide they want to go $150 off the retreat cost. What? So if you want to go, send us a message. I will also put the link in the, for the information, I will put the link in the show comments, but would love to have you there. It is, um, it's for women. So men, I'm sorry, but this is a woman's retreat and it is all about freedom, freedom to thrive. Whether you're in the program, not in the program, it doesn't matter. We get to live the life that is fulfilling and putting ourselves first is a priority and that's what we're going to work on. And I will also share with you, one of the girls that I work with has been to Jamaica a couple of times and when she saw where this retreat was, she did say this is the nicest uh, resort on the island. So there's that too, just yeah. in case you needed a, your own little spa cabin or your little cabana with all all the things, all the things are included along with um, yeah, an amazing experience. Yeah. It is going to be off the charts. Well, we love you. Like, follow, share, subscribe, care, comment, be kind, love, dance a lot, tribe out, tribe out.